How are we all doing today? As one of the elders here, for those of you that are new or may not know, Barry is an elder and uh, who was just up here a little bit ago. And um, Brandon is an elder who's not here, so you don't have to look for him. Um, and then I'm one, and uh, it's a joy to be here. I love what God's doing here in this body. And um, I was just thinking about the different things that take place around here and the building of community and building bonds together. I know, like, for my wife and I, this year, this last year, was probably the strongest in building relationships and bonds. And um, I know some of you may be a little timid or whatever, um, but let me just encourage you to be a part of what we're doing here. Um, I love all the victories. I love Ernie's testimony. Ernie, you'll live every day that God has planned for you. You will not go a day early and the devil will not take you out before your time. I was, um, but see, and then he just keeps on preaching. You know, it's like, what in the world? You, you, anyway, I won't go there. There's some things that I shouldn't go there. You, you all know that? You all, there's, don't look at me that way. There's, play, there's times you shouldn't be going there either. Just leave it alone. But I love all the victories and the testimonies of things that are happening around here. And um, large and small. I mean, a victory against the devil is a victory against the devil, period. And uh, I'm going to kick his teeth in every time I get, every opportunity I get, whether it's a testimony like today or the other Sunday. Um, we're going to tell about what God's doing for us. And we're not going to be shy about it. And we're going to celebrate together in the victories. Um, and then the fasting that took place. You say, well, how can you be excited about the fasting? No, it, fasting <clears throat> causes us and it allows us to block out different distractions and to focus on Him. How could you not be focused, excited about being focused on him? I, I, I don't know. They, well, you know, uh, I got hungry. Okay. Your car got dirty this week, too. It's okay. You can get hungry. You can wash your car tomorrow. Say, do you have to go there? You know I loved a clean car. Don't look at my truck right now. It's filthy, dirty. <clears throat> but um, And then the picnic. Now, I know. I'm not going to get on anybody. I know a lot of you missed it. But just come and be a part. You don't have to cook. I did. But uh, we had a great time. And then home groups. Home groups. Getting together in smaller groups. No pressure, very relaxed, but allowing God to demonstrate his power in our homes. Um, I think that's amazing. 
And then summer nights, of course, we're getting ready to move into that. But all the excitement and enthusiasm is great. Now, Dustin playing the guitar, I know, you know, he needs to calm down. No, he doesn't need to calm down. Now, if everybody did what Dustin did, then he might. But No, I'm just teasing. But you don't know what God's done for him. Why he worships that way. Say, well, do you, are you saying we all have to worship that way? No. No, I'm not. But if that's you, then that's you. Do it. Do it as unto the Lord. And then the prophetic word today um, that was given, the, the word in tongue and then the interpretation about exchange. 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 What do you really have that you wouldn't give to God? Anything? For Him? Gladly exchange. And then declaration today. Barry did it. I felt it this morning that that there was to be a declaration. And I didn't know if I was to do it or who was to do it. But it came forth today. The declaration. God wants to declare things over you. Over you specifically. And then the diaper drop today with Christy. If, if, you, if you forgot diapers or you forgot wipes today, go by there and give her cash. You know what I mean. Cash. Here we have a grandmother who has chosen to adopt the grandchild for whatever the reason. For whatever the reason. How would we not encourage her and support her in that? By buying diapers and wipes and giving money. We'd be foolish not to do that. Absolutely foolish. And so I love what God's doing here. Um, I watch, those of you that know me, I watch people. I watch patterns. I've been watching you. You don't have to be nervous about it. I just observe. I observe. And I can, for, I'm not claiming to be prophetic, but I can predict what the next step might be or the next situation um, sometimes God gives that to me, and sometimes there's patterns that I observe, and it happens. Um, but anyway, today I want to talk to you for just a few moments <clears throat> about the principle of agreement. 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 How important that it is. The definition of agreement is a state of being in one accord or being in unity, being of one heart and one mind. It's an, an arrangement that is accepted by all parties, like a contract. It's an agreement. It's an agreement. Uh, this is a divine principle. It's a godly principle, but it's universal. Um, 
Everything that God does, all of his principles, are universal. Give and it shall be given to you. The farmer goes and plants an orange seed and he reaps oranges on an orange tree. You understand what I'm saying about universal? Universal. Agreement is is that way. Um, So it works for the righteous and it works for the wicked. So many times we quote in the church, you know, we, we might think about coming into agreement, but, you know, only in righteous things or whatever. But we and we should we should only do come into agreement in righteous, holy things. But the world out there comes into agreement. Um, you know, wickedness, people are in agreement with that. Um, taking the Lord's name in vain, people are in agreement with that. Let, let, me, let me give you an example uh, of a negative one in the Bible, the Tower of Babel, if you remember the story. And all the earth used the same language. They were in one accord and in unity. Same language and the same words. And then one said to another, Come, let's, agreement, let's. Let's make bricks and fire them thoroughly and use the bricks and stones and use tar for mortar. And they said, let's. Come, let's build together a city and a tower whose top will reach into the heaven. And let's make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered abroad over the face of all of the earth. Hear the agreement in that? Let's. And the Lord said, behold, they are one in agreement. God recognized that they were one. That they were in agreement. They are one people and they all have the same language. They all have. All together because of their agreement. They have one language. And this is what they have started to do. And now nothing which they plan will be impossible for them. Now notice the power of agreement. In this case, they were not... Righteous, but because of their agreement, nothing was impossible. Nothing was impossible. And so the Lord came down, and you know the story, he brought <clears throat> confusion to them, and so that they weren't speaking one language and they weren't able to understand one another. So the Lord scattered them abroad from all over the face of the earth, and they stopped building. When they were in agreement, nothing was impossible. But when they were disunited, is that a word, disunited? They stopped building the city. And the Lord confused them. And they were scattered all over the face of the earth. Now, that's a negative one. 
Let me give you a positive one. I love this story in Luke 1. It's, it's when the angel comes to Mary. Listen, listen to this in the context of agreement. Angel said to Mary, um, don't be afraid, for God has decided to wonderfully bless you. Very soon you will become pregnant and have a baby boy, and his name will be Jesus. He shall be very great and shall be called the Son of God. And the Lord God shall give him a throne of his ancestor David, and he shall reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will, be no, with ne, will never end. And Mary asked the angel, but how can I have a baby because I am a virgin? And the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of God will overshadow you so that the baby born to you will be utterly holy, the Son of God. Now, here comes the agreement. And Mary said, I am willing to do whatever he wants. It's agreement. She goes on, may everything that you have said come to pass. It's agreement. And then the angel disappeared. Today, I want us to think about what we're in agreement with and who we're in agreement with. This goes for you individually. It goes for us in relationship or friendships or you and your friendships, your family, and yeah, even this church. What's this church in agreement with? So today, let me, let me read this passage of Scripture, Matthew 18. It's familiar to us, but I, I want you to hear it in the context of agreement or one accord. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, whatever you bind or you forbid or declare to be improper or unlawful on earth shall have already been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose or permit, declare lawful on earth, shall have already been loosed in heaven. Many times we think of us binding and loosing. But it's already done in heaven. When we bind... We're agreeing with what's already done in heaven. When we loose, we're agreeing with what's already established in heaven. Let me go on. Again, I say to you, if two believers on earth, that is, are in one mind or in harmony about anything they ask within the will of God, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where there are two or three gathered in my name, meeting together as my followers, I am among them. So here we have coming into agreement with other believers, other Christians. Being in one mind, in one accord, praying for what is in the will of God to happen He says it'll happen. 
That's his response. That it will happen. Therefore, in order to see answers to prayer, in order to see a response from God, in order to have the favor of God rest on your life, in order to see the kingdom of God advance, in order for his perfect will in your life to be accomplished, we have to be in agreement. And yet, it's not, it's not a difficult challenge. It's not something, oh, well, I could, I, I just, that's just too spiritual for me. No, no, it's not. Just agree. Agree with other believers. And so we must come, first of all, into agreement with God. We agree with His Word. We agree with His will. You may be here and you may not like the course in your life that is happening, things that are happening. Let me tell you something. Agree with God for His perfect will to happen in your life and watch and see what happens. Watch and see what happens. 1 John 3.22 And whatsoever we ask, we receive from Him. Why? Because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Not your sight, His sight. That may be part of your problem. You're doing things that are pleasing in your sight, and it's not pleasing in His sight. My question today is this, and I have a few, and I'm getting to them, but this one for now. How can we ask of God if we don't obey Him? You want to be healed by Him, but... He was totally off of your radar your entire life. Now, I, I want to have mercy and I want to have grace, as God does. But I'm just human to human. I'm just asking you, human to human. How could we ask God to help us when we didn't care about him? I... I don't think it's right. I, I just don't. I know God's wonderful, and I appreciate that, and he can override anything that I say or think, but I'm just saying I'm, I'm not comfortable with me in my life asking God to help me, to supply all my needs when I'm not a generous person with God. How can I ask him to help me? Anyway, I'll leave that one for you to think about. 1 Thessalonians 4.1 says that we should walk in a way that pleases Him so that we may abound more and more. Meaning so that we, we, we need to walk in a way that pleases Him so that we can continue to grow spiritually, continue to walk in that way, in the ways of God. And secondly... We must come into agreement with godly people. Matthew 18, 19. If two or more believers agree together, you, you know the verse. But coming into agreement with fellow believers. And we know that coming into agreement with God requires faith. I know... Um, 
faith preachers have a, get a bad rap sometime. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I don't think that I preach faith the way some do, but I'm definitely a faith preacher. I'm not a doubt preacher. That's for sure. The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please Him. Faith must be a part of our everyday life. Faith must be included in everything that we do. And in Hebrews 11 is a faith chapter, supposedly. That's what people call it. I just want to lift out just a few verses here. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. Here we are. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. There's your part. God heals, but you have to diligently seek him. Let me move on. By faith Noah, being warned of God of the things not seen as yet, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go into a place which he should after receive an inheritance, obeyed, here's, there's your part, obeyed and went out not knowing where he was to go. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as, a strange, as in a strange country. For he looked for a city with, that hath foundations whose builder and maker was God. Last verse. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Let's look at these real quick. Number one. We give offerings and sacrifices by faith. In verse 4, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. Offering, okay? I'm going to talk about offering. It's already over. We've already taken it. You don't need to get riled up. Let me just put some perspective. When we come and give to church in church, we're not paying a bill, Okay? This is not what we're talking about. We're not paying a bill. We're not um, paying for our dues. Okay? There's no membership, whatever, and you have dues that you got to pay. Okay? We're giving to God, okay, what God wants us to give. Some of us are just hung up on the first part of that. We give to God, but they don't want to include whatever God wants us to give. I trust that every one of us prays before we come 
to service. God, what do you want me to give? Not only finances, your worship. Let's start with that. Your worship. You ever find yourself thinking, okay, I'm going to service. What can I give you, God, that would please you and that would honor you? And then walk in here and deliver it. That's what we should be doing. So we give our offerings by faith, sacrifices by faith. Number two, we walk through life by faith. Verse 5, by faith Enoch walked with God and God took him and he didn't see death because he pleased God. A progression, a process. We don't have all the details, but we walk by faith. If you're like me, I, I love to get all the details, lay them all out. Pros and cons, which only takes just a few seconds for me to check, decide what's, pro, what's good and what's bad. Yes, we should do it. No, we shouldn't do it. Let's go. But God doesn't work that way with me. It's a progression. My dad was called to be a missionary when he was 14 years old. Lived his life for that purpose, with that goal in mind. Was a missionary in Africa for 40 years. Me? I asked, I prayed, nothing. Nothing. Say, well, you're not spiritual enough. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Abraham didn't know where he's going. I remember when my son was a teenager and we would talk about the will of God and I would tell him, Austin, just get up every morning and walk with God. All day. At night, Get in the bed, go to sleep. Next morning, get up and walk with God. The Holy Spirit will just lead you. It's wonderful to have details. It's nice, but it's not necessary. We don't have all the details. We may not even be sure what's around the corner. Oh, yeah, I know. I, I know, I know what's coming. You may not. You may not. Having plans and strategies are good, but trusting in God and walking by faith is the best. You want the best? All that God has for you? And walk with Him. Number three, we work by faith. Say, did you have to go there? Yeah, I'm going to go there just for a little bit. Verse 7, by faith Noah built and prepared an ark to save his house. It had never rained and there seemed to be like there was no reason for a boat. But by faith he worked. By faith Noah worked on something that looked like nobody even understood what this thing would do or, or why it was necessary. If you will, Noah worked beyond the curve in the business world, beyond the curve, get ahead of the curve. Noah was ahead of the curve by faith. Let me give you a practical example of this. That's you praying for your small children to grow up and serve God and advance the kingdom of God further than you did in your lifetime. 
say, when they're little, I need to be praying for them? Yes, yes, when they're little. Well, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. It doesn't matter. You pray for your kids. Those of us in the room with older kids, aren't we glad that we prayed for them? Number four, we journey by faith. Verse 8 through 10. By faith, Abraham sojourned out to get to the promised land. This wasn't a one-time event. It was a journey. It wasn't a familiar place. It was a strange country. He didn't even know where he was going. He didn't even know what his destination would be. It was a process in his life. Every day he got up and walked with God as God led him. Abraham looked for a city with foundations that were fixed and firm because the architect and builder was God himself. God himself. Question. Are you on a journey and a walk with God? And are you allowing God himself to build your foundations fixed, strong, and permanent? I trust that you are. I know I am. I want to be. As you walk with God, you're asking him to build foundations inside of you. Strong for him. Strong spiritually. So that you can represent him well. Number five, we receive the promise by faith. Receiving, taking hold of our promise done by faith. Verse 11, by faith, Sarah also received the physical ability to have a child because, here's the reason, she believed him and what he had promised came into agreement with it. But Sarah didn't always have faith. Let me read this passage to you. You say, well, now hold on. She's in Hebrews 11. And she didn't always have faith? No. Genesis 18. Then the Lord said, of course, uh, God asked Abraham where Sarah was. And he said, in the tent. And the Lord said to him, I'll give you and Sarah a son. Sarah was listening behind Abraham in the tent. Now Abraham and Sarah were very old. And Sarah was long, past, long since past the time that she could have a baby. So Sarah laughed silently, saying to herself, A woman of my age have a baby? She scoffed to herself, and with a husband as old as mine? And God said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? 
Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Next verse. Is anything too hard for God? And the next year, just as I have told you, I, certain, I will certainly see to it that Sarah has a son. And Sarah denied laughing. She said, I didn't laugh. And she lied because she was afraid. Fear, the opposite of faith. Sarah didn't always have faith. Abraham didn't even always have faith. Question, why for us in the room, why do we laugh when God says that he wants to bless us? Why do we not believe that? Why do we laugh when he says that we're to be the head and not the tail? Why do we laugh when he says that he'll supply all of our needs according to his riches? Why do we laugh when he says, I know the plans I have for you? You know, in Jeremiah, let me read this to you in the expanded version. Jeremiah 29, 11. I say this because I know the plans I am planning for you, says the Lord. I have good plans for you, plans for your peace and security, not plans to hurt you or even to harm you. I will even give you hope and a good future. Then you will call on my name and you will come to me and pray to me and I will listen. That's his response. After all of these good plans that he has for you and me. He says, I will listen. I will hearken to it. I will heed to it. I will give careful attention to your prayers. That's what he says. But yet, if you will, we're laughing about it. At least Sarah laughed. Maybe we walk through the week and we don't believe those things. It's the same thing as laughing. If you live like you don't think that God cares about you, that's laughing. Sarah laughed because she was walking, if you will, by her circumstance. She was looking at her situation. She said, he's too old and I'm too old. Genesis 18, 14, the question is asked, is anything too hard for God? Is anything impossible for God? That's what God's asking you and me individually. He's not asking about your husband, lady. He's not asking about your wife, sir. He's asking you. He's asking you. He's not asking about your children and the dilemma that they're in. He's not asking about your money or the lack thereof. He's not even asking about your sickness. He's asking, is anything too hard for him? Not you. He's not asking about your addiction or your past history 
or your marriage or the news on TV. He's not asking about that. He's not asking about your debt. He's not asking about the scan or the test results. He's not asking about that. He's simply asking you, is there anything that's too hard for God? That's the question that we, myself included, have to ask ourselves all the time. I do this all the time. When circumstances, you know, how many of y'all had to deal with some stuff this week? Yeah. When these circumstances, you know, take our attention, it requires our attention. There comes a point that we got to set all that stuff aside and hear the question, is there anything impossible for God? Is there anything impossible? So, if there was a time that Sarah didn't have faith, then how'd she get into Hebrews 11? Something happened, had to have happened, from laughing in the tent because she was afraid to Hebrews 11. Because Hebrews 11 says, through faith Sarah also. And Abraham did the same thing. He laughed in um, Genesis 17, 17. Something had to happen from I'm too old, he's too old to Hebrews 11. Something had to happen from being barren to having the physical ability to conceive and deliver the promise. You see, at some point in your journey, at some point in your process, I believe that Abraham and Sarah came into agreement with God and his promises. That's what I believe. That at some point, from being barren, from being too old, to having a child, they came into agreement. God designs faith to be at its maximum when there is agreement. Think about that. I'm so glad we, we had our fast the other week. But I'm so glad. You know, it's one thing to fast. It's one thing for me to fast. It's one thing for you to fast and you to fast and you to fast. It's, one, it's a whole different thing to corporately fast. Let me put it another way. It's one thing for me to pray about something, you to pray about something, you to pray about something, you to pray about something. It's something totally different when we all pray about the same thing. That's why I like about our fast that during the days of our fast, we had targets that we were all in agreement praying for specifically. Now, you have your needs and I have mine. And there'll be time for me to share with you and you to share with me. And I, I, people do this all the time. They come to me and they want prayer. Of course, I, I'm going to agree with them in prayer. It, this, isn't, this isn't a difficult thing. Nobody's asking for my opinion or my judgment. They're just saying, will you pray with me that the Lord will heal my body? Yes, I will. Gladly I will. Because I believe God. I have faith in God. So 
God designed faith to be at its maximum when there is agreement. Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say to you that if two believers on earth, that is, they're in one mind, here's the agreement, they're in harmony, here's the agreement, about anything they ask within the will of God, it will be done for them by my Father which is in heaven. So we have to agree with God, with His will, with His promises, and then we have to find believers that can come into agreement with us for God's plan for us and for our life. We have to do that. Agreement with believers. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to agree on everything, okay? We don't all have to agree that the best toothpaste is Colgate, okay? That's not what we're doing, okay? We can have our differences of opinions and, and stuff like that. But let me give you an example. If you were building a house, you may prefer a brick house. The builder may actually like stucco, but those are just differences of opinions. But you sign a contract or an agreement to the way you want this house done. And the builder agrees to do the house the way you want it for that price. That's called an agreement. Now, let me touch on something that I love, and that's marriage. Marriage. Let me talk just a little bit about marriage. Put, put a couple things in perspective. Marriage is not a 30, 40-minute ceremony. Marriage is not the ceremony. Marriage is a process of years coming into agreement with one another. Now, we need a ceremony. It's important. But when you think of marriage, please don't think of it as the 40-minute ceremony. Those of you that have been married 10 years, all say amen with me. Those that are married... 20 years, go ahead. Amen. Those of you that are married 30 years, Amen. <laughs> it's a process. If you're going to have a great marriage, you need to be in agreement. A universal biblical principle is right there. If you want a great marriage, the thing to do that's right by God is be in agreement. If you're going to raise great kids, you need to be in agreement. Now, this is just a side note, and I'm not thinking of anyone or looking in any direction, but there are people who want to get married too quick. Let's try to keep it down in here. They want to get married too quick. I'm telling you, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Why am I, I saying this? Because you need to get to know the person first. Beyond the surface level. Beyond their looks. Should I look? Let me keep, let me keep going. I told you this is just a side note. 
beyond their looks. Before you say I do, you need to know who and what you're saying I do to. You need to know the person first. You need to know their background. Not all bad. Don't go to the negative side of that. It could be positive. You need to know their parents, the family. You need to know about their childhood. You need to know what their standards are. You need to know what their beliefs are, what their walk with God is like, what their work ethic is. I know, that, that hurt, that stepped on some toes, didn't it? Just pull, just pull your foot back so it doesn't get stepped on again. Their work ethic, you need to know how they value you. Acknowledge and identify their differences up front so there isn't a surprise or a problem later. If you don't have the same vision, there's going to be a division. God, I knew this would minister to somebody. If, <laughs> if you don't have the same vision, you will have a division. These things take time. Agreement takes time. Even in the church, even in this church, takes time. Been talking about covenant community for quite a long time, some would think. But we're coming into it. We're coming into covenant. This community is becoming a covenant community. We're coming into agreement. On the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, they were in one accord in agreement for 10 days. 10 days. To some of us, that's a long time. To others, that's not long at all. But they were in agreement, in one accord, for 10 days waiting for the Holy Spirit. Let me close with this. Jaden, you can come get on the keys and play softly. Let me close with this. Agreement is a powerful, powerful thing. My question is, are you in agreement with God? With no unbelief and no doubting. Do you have faith in God? I know the quick answer is yes. But how about in the context of the question, is there anything too hard for God? Are you in agreement with his word and his commands? It requires faith, and faith is a journey. It's a process. Are you laughing at God or believing in God? Are you walking by your circumstances or are you reaching for the promise that he has for you? Agreement will remove those areas of barrenness and cause you to deliver the promise. 
will cause the promise that God has for your life to be made manifest in your life. You'll get that through agreeing with him. Agreement will open up things for your life, your home, and things for this church by agreement. 